0: High-pitched, elated laughter filled the chill midnight air as he emptied the container into a little pool on the bottom step. He tossed the plastic can through the open front door into the center of the living room. Then he got into his car and started the engine. In this weather, it would take a few moments to warm up. When the car was idling smoothly, he got up and went back over to the base of the steps. He pulled the book of matches from his pocket and stared down at it, feeling the power. He was breathing heavily now, Panting with the excitement of it, his breath forming puffs of smoke. Despite the sub-zero temperature, he was aware of the thin trickles of sweat under his layers of clothing. Yes, he thought, it was worth it. All the years of waiting, of dreaming, of fantasizing, for this, this moment, now. Shit. That was from Valentine by Tom Savage, a horror-slash-thriller detective novel by Tom Savage. And the basis of today's episode. And the book already sounds better than the movie does. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So let's introduce ourselves properly.
1: (laughs) Welcome back, Dreadfuls. You're listening to another episode of Left for Dread. This is a special Valentine's Day episode. Happy Valentine's Day, Dreadfuls. I'm one of your hosts, Ray.
0: And I'm your other host, Chris. And welcome. Happy Valentine's Day. Uh, last year, we reviewed My Bloody Valentine, the original 1980s version. Um, and, uh, uh, no, we also reviewed the 2009 version. Yeah, we were ignoring that fact. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but we're back. We're back again. And we are reviewing uh, Valentine uh the 2001 film directed by Jamie Blanks starring a bunch of big names back in the 90s and even up still up to today like uh David Boreanis, Catherine Heigl, Denise Richards, um even though those last two they weren't as, in the movie as much but they got top billing.
1: They got top billing because they got Denise Richards to be in a bikini in a hot tub. I don't want to be that person but like there were a lot of distressing things in this movie.
0: See, I'm surprised because, um, I mean, yes, there, there, I mean, there was a lot of eye candy and fan service and like just blatant, like low bearing fruit of that nature. But this was directed by Jamie Blanks, and he directed another movie that we reviewed before, *Urban Legend*, which is a a huge cult classic in the horror community. Which is
1: also um, in the process of getting the uh, reboot treatment.
0: Really? I did not know that. So I had pretty high, um, or pretty, I guess, optimistic expectations about this movie. Because I, I love Urban Legend. And um, I guess this is where Ryan and I differ. Because I really enjoyed this movie. And I don't know, maybe it's this just this because I'm easily entertainable. But I thought the reviews... That came out at the time we were treating it a little bit too harshly. Um I had a, I had a lot of fun watching this movie, and yeah, that, that was my two cents. Uh, Rye, what were you what was your temp check on this film?
1: So for starters, I got like an eleven percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which I think it deserves. Here's the thing: if I had seen this in two thousand one, I probably would have enjoyed it and appreciated the cult status it could have achieved. However, watching it now after A lot of the events that have happened because of a little something called toxic masculinity, I found it very uh, hard to enjoy this movie.
0: Oh, oh yeah.
1: It was really hard to enjoy because like when you watch something like this, when you watch it in 2001, everyone can joke and be like, hey, be nice to the dorky kid because he might come kill you. Like it was a joke. But now ever since we've had that rise of boys who don't know. What to do with rejection, you get situations like Elliot Rogers, and watching this, just like it made me really uncomfortable. Now, if I was watching it in 2001, I wouldn't have thought twice about it and it would be fine. I will say there were some pretty I was laughing throughout most of this because I thought it was pretty fucking stupid. But there were some decent kills in there where I was like, OK, I, I, I buy this. OK.
0: Yeah, I completely agree um, I guess this movie, if you're watching it for the first time, it it doesn't age well. Definitely a content warning like that. That your points about like toxic Mex- toxic it's definitely definitely was not lost on me. Especially like the beginning montage scenes and uh, how certain care like well actually most of the male characters. I I would I would say like every single male character uh even David Boreanaz's character
1: well especially his character
0: yeah oh yeah spoilers uh (laughs) um not one of them was written in a in a positive way a positive light yeah and 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 it's valid because like the like people like that do exist in the world and especially especially in like the last like I would say like five ten years um this especially the first third of the movie um it, it it really struck me at how resonant with like these concerns of toxic masculinity, like incel culture yeah it was it was pretty it was pretty like shocking how how prevalent it, it is today and how this movie reflected that and i don't know if that was intentional or purposeful but it definitely struck a chord with me now that being said i still enjoyed the movie. Uh, I could, I, mean, I could, I could compartmentalize like those parts because I, I, I understand like this movie is not perfect. Uh, and and I, with all those social political undertones underneath, like I, I, I could still enjoy the movie, but I, it's definitely something to look out for and be cognizant of, and um, and it's healthy to have uh awareness and dialogue about that. And then the other point, I really enjoyed some of the kills. I thought that they had some pretty creative kills, and that I, I felt like it still had that same type of cinematic genetic lineage um, that urban legend had.
1: So I'll say this. One thing that this movie has in common with uh, My Bloody Valentine, the remake, is there's zero mystery to this film. You know who the killer is like the whole time because they make it very obvious. But because some of the kills weren't like terrible... There are definitely, like, I could put this on and just sort of, like, let it go in in the background. I think that in terms of cult classic status, I would still hold the original My Bloody Valentine higher than this one. But I think that this one is ever so slightly better than the My Bloody Valentine remake as far as, like... Valentine's Day horror goes. Yeah, I agree. I agree. There's just something about, like, good 80s horror with those screams and the way they frame things. Like, you can't... You can't beat that right now. I I, I don't... you, You just... You can't. So... As much shit as I will talk about My Bloody Valentine, there is something, and maybe it's because in, in somewhere in the back of my brain, I can't really compartmentalize all this. Also, I think the biggest atrocity in this movie was that stupid fucking Cupid mask. What was that? Did he, like, keep it from the dance when they were in junior high?
0: <laughs> I guess. I mean, there's a lot of, like, we, uh, logistical questions. Like, I... I like w well, well one, the um okay, so just just for a little bit of a plot recap, so you had uh Jeremy Melton, um, who was a junior high school student who was rejected by four different girls uh during the St. Valentine's Day dance in uh San Francisco, nineteen eighty eight. Um these were Shelley, Lily, Paige, um, who all rejected them very coldly. Uh, made fun of him uh, you had Kate which is our protagonist uh, she politely uh, responds maybe later um, and then the other friend Dorothy um, accepts Jeremy's invitation uh, they make out underneath the bleachers during the dance um, they get caught by a bunch of idiotic boys who start teasing them in public and then Dorothy panics and Claim that Jeremy sexually Assaulted her so all the boys Start um Harassing and assaulting him Um and then fast Forward to The present day these These ladies are all Still friends they're around like College age like early 20s Um or mid 20s Um and Uh they get stalked One by one uh down by a killer wearing this Cupid mask. Now, um, going back to the original point, like, Jerry Melton, uh, when he was being teased, he, like, he was never wearing the mask. Like, it was some other random kid in the background, uh, who was, um, at the dance, he was wearing a mask, um, and this mask continuously shows up uh, in random places, uh, um, like, it was propped in between the doors of the elevator in Kate's apartment. Uh, it shows up randomly as a set piece in the the Valentine's Day party at the end. Um, so I, it's it's weird. Like I, I would think like that kind of mask, like from from the logic of the world, like that's like an antique mask or it's like a cheap Party City mask, but like. What kind of party city would sell like a creepy mask like that? Um, or a stupid looking mask like that, depending on how you look at it. I don't know. I, I, I didn't think the mask was terrible. I thought like the more egregious thing was like the, the blooper, like, I guess the bloopers or like the lack of continuity where, um, you would, you see like this feat, this main identifying feature of the killer besides the Cupid mask was like, he constantly bled, um from his nose, and the blood would drip out from the mask. And there was a lot of times where the the shot would cut back, where the, the mask was bleeding from its nose, and then the next shot, it wasn't, and the next shot, it was there again. So, not the best continuity slash editing.
1: A couple of the kills that they had in this movie, they got cut because they were thought to be too gory, which is why it might be shot like that because they split the kills up so initially Shelly's death scene was supposed to be a lot more gory like all the deaths were supposed to be a lot more gory one of them like I think at one point someone was supposed to like be bleeding out of their heart like a valentine like a bleeding valentine which would have been a cool sight to see but they cut it so that's why there are some questionable shot choices in there I I think. If I'm going to defend this movie, I think, like, my my biggest problem is, is, like, it's a less than compelling plot and leaves, like, a lot to be desired. But there are some decent kills in there. I would have preferred, I think, a little bit more of a gory version. It might have made up for the really obvious lack of, like, plot.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. I felt like this movie would have benefited better if there were, like, more kills, more gory kills. Um, but. I think Jamie or the writers, I think they were trying to, I think they were caught in between this being a slasher movie and like a mystery slash thriller movie because they, they established a lot of B-plots with all these really unlikable uh, male characters and they all tried to make them red herring
1: like the creepy guy from the restaurant that talked in
0: third person
1: or the creepy artist that wanted to like have a threesome with his girlfriend in the hallway of his exhibition
0: or the the creepy neighbor who would talk in rhymes and poems
1: the creepy neighbor that was clearly stealing her clothes yes yes so about his kill scene. Apparently, his death was much more prolonged than that. He was supposed to get bashed in the head with the iron about eleven times, and
0: we only saw it twice. Yeah, and then it didn't. And then they kind of just dropped that plot point.
1: At least he was nice enough to clean up the body. Yeah,
0: like I, there was like there was there was no body. There was like I guess no blood splatters. Um, and then there was no blood on the iron, it was, like, completely clean, and, like, the the wire was wrapped up really nice and neat, and that was, like, that was it. There was, like, no police follow-up, there was no mention, she didn't even find the body, like, that was just, like, a plot thread that just kind of disappeared into the aether.
1: I will say this, though. At the end of the movie, Adam, the boyfriend of Kate, is actually Jeremy Melton after a nice glow up from plastic surgery or what have you and he frames the whole thing on Dorothy who accused him of sexual assault at the very beginning of the movie and as she likes to put it she says that she was not the prettiest girl when they were in high school and that's why everyone was sort of questioning this man that she had found although in fairness there was a right to question him. He was a con man. He was after her money, but she didn't really get to hear that part. Everyone just assumed it was her boyfriend. And there is one moment where she says to Kate, it could be your boyfriend. And Kate makes the really good point of saying, well, if we're going to do this, then it could be yours too. In theory, let's just
0: be fair yeah because um dorothy only knew campbell for a month and then he was living in her in her house she didn't even know his last name and like she got super defensive every time that someone asked like a sensible question like hey what's what's his last name you should know right
1: like and they were also kind of like slut shaming denise richard's character like her whole thing is she didn't really want a relationship and that's fine Everybody else wanted a relationship and they were just sort of like, Dorothy threw it in her face. She was like, you don't know the names of half the guys you sleep with. And she's like, that's not the point of what we're talking about here. He's living under your roof. You should know the basic
0: minimum about this guy. Yeah. uh, What I liked about Denise Richard's character, Paige, is like, yes, she's very sex positive and she's not, um, she's not. Uh, afraid to like embrace that like she knows she feels completely in her skin uh about who she is at the same she doesn't take any shit like i uh, what like i i thought i thought I was like wow this i was not expecting that to happen but like good for page good for her character was when uh the creepy jason guy uh ap- approaches her at the party and like just being such a scumbag and um, they go upstairs, and then Paige is like, "Okay, this I'm I'm not clearly I'm not into this," uh, and Jason's just being like obnoxious and uh, like a literal jerk. Um, so she she punishes him like in a really satisfying way. She like leads him on, tries to make him believe that he's gonna be doing some kinky like bondage stuff. And then, while he's tied down to the bed, she grabs a candle, pours wax on him, uh, on his of his junk, and she just walks out. I was like, "Good for you, Paige! Like that's awesome." And then, and then she, and then she, then, I mean, this is leading up to uh, what I thought was one of the cooler deaths in the movie. But like, she's just, she's just, she's her own woman. She's awesome, and she's just, she just takes a bottle of wine and just sits by herself in the hot tub like good for you good for you Paige. i mean yes you died like 10 minutes later but you know i i had a lot of respect for her character
1: the smart thing that jeremy melton did was blame dorothy because there is that small seed of doubt where dorothy again overreacts when kate accuses Campbell of potentially being Jeremy Melton. And in that sense, it was actually really really smart. And I think that that's one of the few kudos I could give this movie. And then he says something that he was really about himself and really self-reflective. And then there's that creepy cre- I'll never forget this. They think everything's over, the cops are on their way, and she just Kate just keeps apologizing because she feels so bad. And then he was like, it's okay, I love you, Kate, I always have. And then you see a blood droplet on her cheek, and you're like, oh, god damn it! it really was you the whole time. And again, I just get irritated all over again, because I was like, I, I knew that from the beginning. I, like, half hoped it was going to end up being Dorothy, only because it would have been the least obvious choice. Like, had it turned out to be Dorothy, wouldn't you have been surprised?
0: Yeah, so... That, that was the thing. So when I found out that uh, Jamie Blanks was the director, and again leading back to Urban Legend, I was, I was like, okay, um, I know this is Jamie Blanks' film. There's there's gonna be some twist. Um, so I was looking for it, um, and to me, I was like, legitimately surprised that uh, um, after the all the After, like, Adam unloads, like, seven shots into the Cupid killer, they reveal the mask, and then Dorothy was there. I was like, oh, I, cool. I, that was, I was really not expecting that. I was, um, that's, that was, that was a strong ending. And then, um, and then when they, when they cut to the cliffhanger, um, where the blood falls on Kate, and then we see Adam with the bloody nose, which implies it's, uh Jeremy after massive reconstructive facial surgery is like oh okay so they went they 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 I thought they were going for a bait and switch but they actually baited you and then they actually gave you like the more typical hollywood-ish uh cliched ending um now i i thought i thought that would have been a much bolder uh Ending if they if it really was Dorothy the entire time
1: or what if it was Dorothy and Adam teaming up together Yeah 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 either one but the fact that it was him the whole time I because I was sitting there going well he is far too good looking to be in this movie it's him
0: <laughs> he 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 has I mean, he's he's getting top billing, so obviously he's either like the heroic pro- protagonist or he's the villain. It's more likely the villain, and that's what happened. I was just, I was just
1: kind of disappointed. That's all.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to piece about like assuming like the 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 one we have is the the is the only canon. Like, did Dorothy knew? Did Dorothy know about the? other cupid killings because like, it's i thought it was like privilege information with the police so how would she know to dress up in all black and a cupid mask and did was it adam's plan to like plant a cupid mask and maybe did he orchestrate like all these did he i don't know but did adam orchestrate um campbell towards dorothy like was it was it part of adam's long game to drive dorothy to so much stress and so much grief the entire time. So you could set her up as a patsy the entire time? I don't know, what are your thoughts on that?
1: I think that's giving him far too much credit. I think I think at the very least, I think at the very least he knocked her out, dressed her up so that when she emerges she's probably very disoriented under there, which is how she gets shoved down the stairs and shot that quickly. Cuz if you're disoriented and you're trying to figure out what the hell's going on, you might not realize you have a mask on your head or maybe it was his plan the whole time and he that was how he got rid of her. Well, we're not going to know.
0: Was Dorothy drunk when she stormed off
1: after? She was planning on getting drunk or drunker. <laughs> yeah,
0: because I, I, I wonder if like Adam like slipped or something or I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. Yeah,
1: the whole faux-alcoholic thing is definitely a setup. Because he has to... If Jeremy Melton had gotten plastic surgery after being such a dork and whatever, and had emerged as this too-perfect guy, it still looks really weird. So he has a flaw. He's an alcoholic. That's probably a bullshit flaw.
0: Or the fact that Jeremy very likely has, like... like so he, he has, like, anger management, you know, like, violent Why issues. does he get the nosebleeds? I... Uh, I think he first gets a nosebleed, um, in the... Is it,
1: like, PTSD-related? Like, while he's killing these people, he's reliving that night? Yeah, so,
0: yeah, like, I think the beginning of the film, it is, it, uh, implies that after all the teasing and the trauma he experienced in junior high, that's, like, the first instance of him, like, developing, like, this psychosomatic... Uh, tick. Where like after so much stress or emotional mental trauma, his nose starts to bleed. But
1: at the end of the movie, he's like, cool as a cucumber."
0: Uh, I guess you could just write it off as like Hollywood convenient plot writing. Uh, because that would make sense. He 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 got away with it. Um, Dorothy, the fall guy. Yeah, <laughs> he does have that
1: really creepy smile on his face um, at the end.
0: I don't know. I think I'm just trying to wrap my head around like the the Dorothy reveal? Because it's a cool reveal, but I'm just trying to piece... Okay, how, logically, how did it lead to this point? Like, did did she... Did she want to try to scare Kate uh, just to get back at her and she saw its creepy coupon mask? Or did, like, Adam use some... Uh, like, subterver- subterfuge to, like, um, frame her? Like, like could have she could have been, like, knocked out and disoriented and, and Adam just shoved her in, in the right direction just so she would stumble and Kate and her would the hat would fall um i don't know I'm, i th- maybe i maybe think think about it too much cuz maybe they didn't maybe the writers didn't think that far ahead
1: i don't think they thought that far ahead chris i think we're giving the movie too much credit <laughs> <laughs> it's okay all in all it wasn't as bad as the my blood like i said before it wasn't as bad as the my bloody valentine remake but In terms of, like, cult classics that you watch around Valentine's Day, I don't know if this holds a candle to the original My Bloody Valentine, which I found out has uh, a much gorier release at, like, very recently I found this out, like, I think, like, today. Oh, really?
0: So it was, like, the... Like a director's cut.
1: Yeah, kind of like a, like they have extended death scenes that include like eyeballs popping out and things like that. And I was like, Ooh, okay, I'll watch that because that will make the '80s one better. So interesting. Maybe I'll see if I can track that one down. And we'll have to rewatch it.
0: Yeah, I'll be down with that.
1: So we say that we like more gore, but there's gonna we're gonna get to some gory movies down the road. We're gonna have our our answers. And I don't know if we're going to like it after that. I
0: mean, yeah. I mean, it's, I don't know. I think in general, we like we really like gore.
1: There is something very, like, I've said this far too many times, but there's something very just, like, therapeutic about it for me. Like, I don't care
0: about watching
1: a slasher movie and shit. What
0: would you say mm-hmm. is, like, the goriest film you've watched? Martyrs. Martyrs. I don't think I've heard of that.
1: Yeah, Martyrs is probably – because a Serbian film, I think, is the – is one of the goriest movies ever made. And I have a threshold that I'm not quite willing to get to yet uh, uh, to watch a Serbian film. If – put it this way, um, if you don't know anything about it before you – like, if you don't go into it knowing it's 100% fake – it is the closest thing to an actual snuff film that you're going to get. And that is a line I don't think my brain is, like, ready to process and cross. So, as of right now, as it stands, um, Martyrs is probably the goriest thing I've I've seen. Pontypool is actually really fucked up, too. Pontypool? I haven't heard of that either. We'll get there, Chris, I promise. We'll get there. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of what... I hope that... This is one of those movies that I would love to see, like, get the the reboot treatment, but according to, like, I haven't read the book, and I know you started to, I would like to hope that the book is written better than this movie, and if it is, I would like to see that version come to life, I think.
0: So the mo- the book itself has, like, a, a ton of rave reviews.
1: You know I, I'm not always for... The reboots, the remakes, like I, I'm really sort of sick of them. I think that we should stick to originality, like Hello, Parasite, that just won three Academy Awards. But that being said, I, I think this movie might maybe benefit from it, even with a little twist, because it is, it is very in the in the air of toxic masculinity, and I don't know if the book reads the same
0: way. So I don't, I, I don't think it. I mean mm, uh again I I've literally I'm like halfway through chapter 1. So, but what I can say about the book um which is also called Valentine, uh written by Tom Savage, um it's got really positive reviews across the board like across like Amazon, Goodreads, um some other platforms. I haven't seen um majority like the 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 large average of reviews um out of a 5 point scale is like 4 to 4.5 so it's well received so this is the official synopsis from the Kindle edition which I got not too long ago um quote jillian Talbot has it all a beautiful ugh, a beautiful home in New York's Greenwich Village a string of best-selling suspense novels a handsome and adoring lover she has something else too—a silent stalker, a secret admirer who sends her pink heart-shaped messages with an unspe- oh, with an unmistakable threat in blood-red letters. His motives are as cryptic as the name he goes by, Valentine. But his intentions are deadly clear. He has stalked other women in the past and has, and he has killed them. Now he's ready to re- uh, Now he's ready to add Jill to his list to carry out the punishment he has chosen for her—retribution for a long-ago crime that only he remembers. For Valentine, Vengeance will be complete. For Jill Tabbit, the terror has just begun. Wherever she runs, he will find her. And soon as she will be him on a terrible day of judgment. His triumphant day, her darkest day, Valentine's Day. Um so there's a uh, just from that synopsis, there's some very, very major differences between the book and the movie. One, it's takes place in New York City. Two, um, the movie scales back the age to a lot younger to like college age early 20s whereas the female victims who are stalked and killed uh they're all in their mid 30s and here I feel like here in the novel I guess more of a impen- more of an intimate look into the psyche of the killer as modus than the movie now the movie like I think for the sake of the medium I think it it paints it in pretty broad strokes where you can you can understand where jeremy's coming from uh in a short amount of time because like like most horror movies it it was an hour and a half so there's um they have to keep the pacing also you know the movie tried to cram a lot of story or a lot of uh, b plots into it um a lot of red herrings into it but uh from what we know of The movie, it was. It's he's the 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 killer Cupid or Valentine, whoever you want to call him, um, in the movie version. He's basically a really violent incel um, who got plastic surgery. Um, Now, in here, with it being a written work, there's more room quote, quote unquote to like flesh out that psyche now um for what i know so far um uh it's only for the pr- prologue in the in the first chapter but the first chapter like the action it kind of just starts like like right at the get-go like uh um the prologue it, it was a bit of a slow burn but like there's a lot of suspense it's written really well um and um already in like just in like the first couple pages of the first chapter, you really get the sense that, and it, and it's done in like a really simplistic, minimalist way. And it was only maybe the course of like two paragraphs, three paragraphs where um, already uh, we could see all, quite a lot of bit of the killer psyche. Uh, this This version of Valentine, the book, um, he seems much more uh, i guess emotionally he has a lot more emotional stakes um in his murders or the ritual murder like um there's this sense of him really delight uh, really relishing the psychological games now, as opposed to the movie where it kind of flitters in between well i guess the the movie version for lack of a better term is like a knockoff version of michael myers uh like the silent killer just stalks around like uh just just like this massive force of strength and brutality uh, no remorse um and in certain parts of the movie it, he shows like a sort of underlying sadism um i think the part that really illustrates that most clearly was a scene where Denise Richards is locked in the bathtub. And then I feel like that was the only scene where we could, his personality kind of bled through underneath the mask where he took his time like torturing her by drilling holes into the the bathtub machine.
1: It was kind of like ice fishing.
0: Yeah, exactly. And like all the other times like in the movie, the Valentine killer just, he was just, just trying to be efficient uh he would just walk around like he was he was more systematic he was less of a psychotic killer and just more like a methodical mindless killing machine now i don't get that sense in the book the the book he's clear it's clear him as someone who's clearly clearly troubled and he's it's a power fantasy for him um and they really established a lot of that and just in like prologue and the first chapter.
1: I'd be curious to see how much it differs from the movie and if it's any
0: better. Well, I mean, I think already, like, the the books, the books, have, like, across the board have really rave reviews. And I think that, I think that's one of the big impetuses why uh, the movie was, or the the rights were acquired in the first place. Cause uh, this slasher thriller detective novel just had such a passionate following, or just passionate reviews.
1: Yeah, and they shat all over it.
0: Yeah, well. I mean that's that's the risk when there's that's always a risk when you're trying to adapt a property from one medium to the other or when you try to commercialize it for a newer audience, a modern audience, a younger audience, whatever type of audience. I don't know. I I I'm really enjoying the book so far and
1: well then you're going to have to update everybody. Okay.
0: When you're done with it. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I I I to, for me like the movie, the movie, the movie's not perfect. It has flaws, and it's—I agree—it has not aged well. Um, and I know one of the biggest criticisms that the movie had um, was that it tried to be too much like a nineteen eighty style horror movie. To me, that didn't—that doesn't. That's not so much a criticism. I thought, like, oh, okay, I think it's just trying to be uh, an homage to those type of movies.
1: But it didn't come off that way at all to me. It came off as like late nineties slasher movie, which is what this was. I mean, it was two thousand one, but you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, the key word is try. Um, and I, and like and I, I I I it has some great kills. Um, I thought. Um, I thought some of the characters were really interesting. Like I I I found like Paige's character um I think she they gave her a lot more depth that I was expecting, especially cuz like when you hire Denise Richards, like unfortunately you, you just hire her like for her looks and then um and for the top billing, but um I th- I got a lot more emotional and narrative depth from Paige than I was expecting. And that was a that was a great surprise. Uh, I don't know, but not the most perfect movie, but I still I still low key enjoyed it, and I don't know maybe that's just I I mean I to me I have trash taste like I'm I'm easily amused by most things. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, you didn't like the Poughkeepsie tapes.
0: This is, yeah, it's true. But uh, right, so we all know my favorite kill. Which was the the hot tub scene? Uh, what was yours?
1: the ahead for Ruthie and the creepy guy. Creepy guy got his comeuppance, so I was cheering. I was fine with that. Wait,
0: Campbell? Like when he when he when he got killed in the basement, or Jason?
1: No, that was Campbell. No, no, no. Uh the creepy next door neighbor who got bastioned oh, in her apartment yes. with the iron. I liked I liked his death, and I liked Ruthie's death. Ruthie is the girl that dated Campbell before Dorothy did and she like showed up in Dorothy's life and was like he's a con artist I'm warning you and then she just became like a nuisance which is so that so okay so hold on one second that was a thing that did not fit why would Adam want to kill Ruthie
0: Uh, mm, because he because he hates women, I guess.
1: <laughs> no, but he doesn't, though. Or else he would have killed. He would have saved Kate for last, and brutally murdered her. That's not what happened. He, like, I know he's the killer, but then this is where that small bit of doubt comes in. Like, he has no motive to to kill Ruthie. Dorothy has motive to kill Ruthie.
0: Yeah, Dorothy. Dorothy has more of a vendetta. It makes more sense if Dorothy was a killer, and because like she got so pissed off when, um, when she she showed up as and like when she accused, uh, um, or she was asking, oh, that necklace that you got, he like uh, he stole it from me. So actually, that that doesn't make a lot of sense. I did not consider that. And also, like Adam's a really big guy. I I feel
1: like he would have been able to see it coming when Ruthie, like, swung the thing at him and, like, tried to hit him and hit him in the head. I don't oh, the, know. The, the, I feel the, like the, this pool, is...
0: the pool cue? Yeah,
1: yeah, I feel like this is sort of lending credence to maybe him and Dorothy had teamed up because they were both sort of the outcasts, or at least Dorothy felt like one. And then he killed her at the end. Or we're just reading way too much into this.
0: Wait, I... What... Now, now I don't remember. Um, when, oh, uh, which one was killed at the art gallery, or she was shot by the arrow, and then she fell into the dumpster. What's her name, Lily? Lily, yes. So when Lily died, did Dorothy say she went to L.A.? They all
1: said she went to L.A. because that's where they knew she was going that night. She had to go home because she was getting on a plane in the morning. So when she left, no one would really think anything of it. And I get that you're in a world without cell phones and, you know, you sort of part separate ways at your boyfriend's art gallery. You probably think that that you went off together, which is why they didn't know that she hadn't made it to L.A. until they saw him at the at the um, Valentine's Day party at Dorothy's house.
0: Yeah, this is that's kind of screwing me up. Like, like, that's you're perfectly right. (laughs) Like, I really did not consider like Ruthie. Like that didn't cross my mind. I, I I thought it was just like I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, okay, that's that's another point for Dorothy being, um, you know, a, a killer or like work, they're working in tandem. She doesn't or, fit. Uh, or 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 maybe Dorothy had this. Oh, I don't, I don't know now. But yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a thought. Interesting thought experiment. Uh, Rod, right, do you have any last thoughts? No, that's all I got.
1: That was my that was my last thought. That was that Ruthie didn't <laughs> fit the bill.
0: Um, yeah, I don't know. I think this movie. I don't know if you're looking for something to like put on in the the background. This one works. Uh, this will work. <laughs> um, I don't know. I I, I think I, I think I'm. Uh, I think I think I do have a uh, confirmation bias. Like I really really enjoy Jamie Blanks and Urban Legend. Uh, I can see a little bit of strands of that in this film. So I mean, I still enjoyed that or enjoyed uh, this movie because of that now there's like there's a lot of other things that just don't age well um or have especially especially all all the all the the weird red herrings they tried to put in and how like these char- like all the male characters are just various reflections or incarnations of toxic magnility and it's kind of like hashtag too real it's it's kind of disturbing how like the prevalent um that is in today's society um but i don't know i i this is something this is a film where like i wouldn't mind rewatching again but i wouldn't i i don't think it's like the perfect halloween horror holiday film yet uh, my st- I still stand strong on the OG Bloody Valentine. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's other. I'm sure there's other Valentine's Day horror movies out there, and we're we're, we're going to be continuing to explore more of those in the future. So maybe we'll find someone that will take the throne.
1: I I have to agree. I think I think for right now your 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 go-to Valentine's Day horror movie should stick should should be my Bloody Valentine. This one did not overthrow it. On that note, thank you for listening to another episode of Left for Dread. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Everything helps. You can listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Spotify every Friday. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at left 4 Pod. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. And you can find us on our website at left
0: I hope uh, we hope everyone has a very happy Valentine's Day, um, you know, lock your doors, make sure your heart doesn't get carved out with a butcher knife and, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, just be smart, you know, just, you know, just, 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 just look at all the, 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 the things a typical person does in a horror movie and don't do that. Like don't go out in the hallway alone saying hello without a weapon you know, and uh, just uh, use the buddy system, call your loved ones, call your significant other, travel in pairs, and don't forget, stay, stay grateful! <laughs>
1: Say dreadful.